Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You are now listening to The War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 157 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lark, a boy tank on Twitter slash X, and I'm here wearing blue light glasses, not actual glasses. Just want everybody to know. I've been in front of a screen all day. I'm trying to avoid a headache late at night. But I'm here joined by Mr. Harrison Tartar. How you doing, buddy? I don't know what day it is. Uh, to be honest with you, I took a four and a half nap, a four and a half hour nap when I got home on accident. Um, I'm great. Uh, I had to really kind of wake up and be like, oh, shit, I, I missed the show. Um, I didn't. Here I am. Uh, thankfully, Dylan had night school. You remember, you know that? You remember bedtime stories? Night school. Yeah. Um, that was a crazy Adam Sandler callback. Um, and I'm glad that Dylan had a night class this evening because I uh, was out like a light for four and a half hours after work, which is actually pretty unlike me nowadays, now that I actually like my job and have a healthy work environment and work-life balance. But um yeah, no, I'm good, man. I'm uh, trying to figure out where I am, but I'm also you and I had some pretty good like warm up discussion, if you will, uh, before the before the show. Kind of talking a little bit about. I'm really really excited for this uh, Iron Bowl on the road in Tuscaloosa and uh, basketball. Uh, I think it's gonna be a ton of fun, and uh, we'll get to that later in the show. But I, I'm fired up. I'm really really excited to see. This is gonna be a good road test for this team, and uh, I'm just I'm really pumped to see how Auburn performs and uh, ready to talk. Auburn football, obviously, but really, really pumped um, to be to be back here and talking Auburn basketball specifically. And we'll make sure we get there in due time. But to knock it out, we have a couple of news headlines that broke over the past since we saw y'all last time. Uh, starting off with cornerback Nehemiah Pritchett has finally received his invitation for this year's NFL Combine. That makes three Auburn Tigers, and all three of those being defensive backs, getting invited to the NFL Combine, which pretty much guarantees that Auburn's going to have at least three players drafted in this year's draft class, and all of those being Jay Simp, DJ James, Nehemiah Pritchett. And I, I don't know if it goes much deeper than that. I really don't. I don't know how – I don't think – Gunnar Britton, maybe. He might. Uh, Avery Jones, maybe. Uh, but other than that, I, I, I don't really see Zion Puckett getting one. I don't see – is Oscar Chapman coming back? Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I don't think we've heard yet. Uh, but I'm with you. Three, three people. I think that's your three's magic number. I, I think yeah. your your DBs. And I think uh, based on the last draft class, uh, NFL teams might might stay away from drafting any more Auburn specialists for a little bit after the uh, Packers game. That yeah, that on. was rough. Uh, shout out uh, the Lions for making the NFC Championship. Uh, shout out the Lions. Uh, I almost bought a hat to celebrate. Uh, I'm a Panthers fan, but shout out the Lions. But yeah, Nehemiah Pritchett got his invite. Uh, and again, that's all we pretty much expect to see. Uh, we'll have more draft analysis of those guys after the combine happens. That way we have a little bit more 
Of yeah, but before let's let's just wait too early to look at Nehemiah Pritchett because I did put it in the description already, and I'm not changing the description, Dylan. Um, <laughs> so no, no, I, I mean seriously, let's just let's just throw out um, round rounds. I'm not worried about that right now. Schematically, um, somewhere that you think that Nehemiah Pritchett could flourish, somewhere that he could he could develop. I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, um, but he feels he's a he feels like a developmental piece, um, someone that needs to go somewhere that's already kind of rooted in success on the defensive side of the ball. Um, where he can he can receive actual player development. Um, for me, it's like a Baltimore, um, like that 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 feels like a good like genuinely a good fit for him. Um, actually, take your pick in that AFC AFC North. Uh, re- realistically, um, uh, any anywhere in that in that room, um, and whether that be in Baltimore, whether that be in Cleveland, whether that be in Pittsburgh, I think or Cincinnati for that matter. Uh, a, a, a team on solid ground that's playing good defensive ball, which the AFC North. Did do this year. Lamar just decided he wanted to um, put up MVP numbers again because Lamar is incredible. Uh, I think that that's like that's kind of a, a landing zone for him. I like Baltimore a lot for Nehemiah Pritchett. Yeah, I'm looking at teams that are kind of solidified with a young defensive back core. Uh, I mean, it's kind of it'd be hard for me not to kind of pull off. You know, what if what if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers use? Uh, three of their draft picks for Jalen Simpson, DJ James, and and you know, I purchased respectfully. Add they that. definitely need to start working on the DB room. Love Jamel, love <laughs> love those guys, I mean, but love Carlson. I, I'd be interested because I don't know if they just got a new page. I think they did get paid. I, I think both those guys got paid there there for a little bit. Yeah, but uh, they uh, they got burned a lot this year. Yeah, that but Tampa Bay's defense kind of regressed a lot because yeah, actually, but, no, but nobody left. They regressed. <laughs> Levante, yeah, they, yeah. Just a team regression. You know, you lose the best quarterback you've seen since Brad Johnson in 2002. And father time. Yeah, that too. That is a pretty aged team. Mike Evans, if you're listening, uh, Carolina would love you. Uh, another team I'm looking at is Seattle Seahawks, uh, a team based with a young defensive backroom. Tariq Woolen comes to mind right away. Uh, meet Meep. Uh, if you're listening, Teresa, meet me, uh, Tyreek Uh, But yeah, a very young defensive back room and in a and kind of trying to bring back that Legion of Boom. I know it's gone and dead uh, forever, but uh, Seattle definitely a team that's in need of a of a good secondary, uh, especially in a in a division that consists of uh, the high flying offense that is the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Can I just throw something out uh, out there as well? Um, let's 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 talk about the Texans for a second here. Um, talk about a, a younger younger group. Let, let, obviously, Derek Stingley Jr. leading the charge um, in, in Houston, um, playing uh, Jason Hems is Steven Nelson, and then the, your your back end, your anchor DeAndre Houston Carlson and, and Jalen Petrie. But that's a young team that I think Pritchett could fit in well culturally and, and development wise. I mean, I'm huge on on the Texans in the, in the future. They've got their guy on the offensive side of the ball. That's one thing. Like Stroud was everything that people wanted him to be in more, um, and then they're. I mean, Tank Dell, their their offensive weapons are are in great shape. Now they just want to anchor down that defense, and and this feels like a, that feels like a, a fun, if nothing else, a fun landing spot uh, for Pritchett. Another, another another honorable mention: the Jacksonville Jaguars um, on on the other side. I mean, if, you, if you're looking at groups that are kind of bubble on the cusp but need some rotational depth that they could kind of mold their guy into their scheme, that's I think where Nehemiah Pritchett fits. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the other two guys too, I mean, I look like keep it AFC South based. The Tennessee Titans probably wouldn't hurt if they to go for a safety like Jalen Simpson after. The Tennessee Titans are not going to try to win next year, bro. <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? They got the the guy who led the Bengals to having the 15th best passing offense, 31st best rushing offense in the in the NFL. It's a country going college terms here. Uh, 
I mean, they're not. They're definitely going to go full rebuild mode. But again, if you're listening, Derek Henry and Jeffrey Simmons, if you're looking for a new home, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina is beautiful this time of year uh, and all throughout the year. Uh, and that goes for any free agent <laughs> out in the market. Uh, please. You sound like uh, me with quarterbacks. <laughs> Dude, uh, it's worse. Both of my were, teams need quarterbacks. <laughs> you you were going strictly for quarterbacks, dude. I just need everything, but that's really it. I I I'm I, just I like praying that one of my two teams just nuts up and goes and gets Jay Fields. Like, let's just just do it. Like, <laughs> I mean, what you you both your teams have? Well, no, Pittsburgh lucked up and got a draft. I uh, got a later draft pick because they decided to make the playoffs late in the year and because. Then- Talks about firing Tomlin. Don't get me started. I, I they would. I mean, I hate I'm Mike sure Tomlin. you would like to have him. You can't have him, bro. <laughs> Mike Tomlin, man. You know Charlotte's beautiful this time of year. Uh, but yeah, you shout out the name Mike Pritchett. If the Pittsburgh Steelers fire Mike Tomlin, I'm going to content. I can't ever enter fandom free agency because my grandfather would come down from the pearly gates of heaven and beat the ever living crap out of me. That's just not an option I have. Uh, but I would consider it, and and he and I would have a have a prayer talk, man to man. Dude, you were you were a fan of one of the most historic franchises in the country. You've uh, in the NFL history. Uh, you know, they would get no, no, it. No, 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 no. It's not the team. It's not the team. Um, it's the fan base wanting to run Mike Tomlin out of town. One of the greatest coaches in NFL history. Anyways, back to Auburn ball. I'm right though. I'm right. One of the greatest <laughs> coaches to ever do it. Uh, you're completely right. Top ten. <laughs> Top ten. <laughs> Absolutely. Easy. Uh, but he's just been out of luck because his two cor- his two quarterbacks ever since Ben Roethlisberger left are Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Don't get Bo Nix, damn it, <laughs> dude! I would you'd buy that I, you'd probably buy that jersey so quick. You'd have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, duh, yeah. And then and then Trubisky, we still want you as a backup, but you're wearing any number other than ten. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing out some of that Milo sweet tea money out. I literally that- don't <laughs> care. I don't care that Bo would be the he would be the kind of guy that like, I'll wear another number. No, I don't give a shit. You're gonna wear 10, you're gonna look good in it. <laughs> Bo next throwing the George Pickens, though, would uh, be a fever dream to think about. The only thing I hate about my team, <laughs> George Pickens. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, he shouted me my to J. James and Jalen Simpson from getting invites to the NFL Combine. I again I think that's gonna be pretty much it for the guys we're gonna see compete. Just give us uh, one of those three in Tampa Bay, just to bring continue the lineage. Have the entire secondary full of Auburn Tigers <laughs> over there. Only Auburn rotational pieces. They they would just need what they just need Jalen Simpson really to complete it because you got a safety in two corners, and yeah. then a, a Zion Puckett. All right, let's make listen. Tampa, let's talk. You're already kind of a meme with Baker at quarterback. Who Bates by the way this year? He good for him. Happy, ha- very happy for Baker. Um, but let's just complete the meme team. <laughs> and and known SEC guy Baker Mayfield. Because <laughs> Oklahoma is <laughs> the storied SEC program that Oklahoma is taking Georgia to overtime once makes the SEC. Team. This is officially the most I've talked about the NFL in like maybe like three calendar years. Anyways, continue. Yeah, but uh, to, to move on from the NFL and go into the high school ranks, Amaris Williams received a nice little jump from 24 7 Sports as he has received his fifth star. You called it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's definitely a guy who deserved it. Uh, and 24-7, they give it and they take it away because Perry Thompson lost his fifth star. We've, all, we've always said that 24-7 was the worst at ranking Perry Thompson. But the best at ranking Amaris Williams exactly. and Cam Coleman. Exactly. Yes. Uh, but yeah, huge shout out to Amaris Williams, the guy who's going to be a huge piece in this team throughout the foreseeable future. Also, he, out of all the recruits, I must say Amaris Williams took the best recruiting pictures 
out of anybody. Agreed. A hundred percent agree. So cold. Every, every single one of those were cold. Uh, he they even had like the filters on. It was uh, Auburn. Tough. All, all they were tough, hard, all that. Uh, Auburn has the best sports marketing team in the country, by the way. Just just saying, and and and, and uh, creative team in the, in the country. I am fully biased, but as someone who works in the field, I imitation is the greatest form of flattery, right? Um, I draw a lot of inspiration from those guys and gals because God, are they talented? So, and then right after them is uh, Wesleyan College. Well, that's because Auburn product Harrison Tarr is at the helm. <laughs> and then another huge shout to a future quarterback. Uh, or quarterback of the future. Sorry, let me flip that around. Walker White jumps up to the number five spot out of the class 2024 at the quarterback position. So now Auburn can say they have a top five quarterback. You know who can't say that? Uh, the teams on the west side of Alabama and the team on the east side of Georgia. So huge shout out to Julian Sayan for flipping. Or is it fl- flipping? <laughs> flipping? Sure. To, to Ohio State and Dylan Riola for flip actually flipping to Nebraska. So he shot I mean, to those two. Also, Riola was a legacy at Nebraska. Like, I, how do we not see them in the race? Like, <laughs> he'll be in the transfer portal again soon. Don't worry. It's Nebraska, and the guy's already transferred like what four times in in four years of high school. Uh, he might. He might. I don't know. I, I think Matt, Matt rules the guy in, in Lincoln, and I, I think they're going to be okay. I don't think they're going to win a national championship, I, but I. I think that Matt Rule is going to be a great right the ship, get yourself back to a perennial eight nine one team. I just, as a Panthers fan, it's hard for me to root for Nebraska in the slightest. Just oh, I get Rule. it. No, no, I get it. I get it. But yeah, huge shout to the to guys going to improve their future and the guys coming to improve their future at Auburn as those guys head to the to head to the league. It is worth mentioning now to stay in the current state of the team. Auburn has hired all but I think. One position on this coaching staff, uh, Charles Kelly still remains as a co-defensive coordinator. So Auburn still looks like they're on the lookout for a guy to fill up that other spot. Charles Kelly, more of a defensive back guy. So maybe looking for a guy who could kind of fill up the role and work on that front seven, a position that's going to be very uh, hit or miss up front. Because uh, I, I think J- Jason Jones is back, which is huge. I, know, I I say that the defensive line might actually be the best position group in the in the defense right now, uh, because we don't know what the second year is going to look like at all. Because that's that is a huge like rebuild or, or rebuild, trying to make sure you can reload in the secondary. Uh, so a couple of guys I've been hearing a lot about: DJ Durkin from Texas A and M and Zach Arnett from or the former head coach of the Mississippi State Bulldogs who. In 2019, in, not 2019, in 2021, uh, while he was defensive coordinator under, may he rest in peace, Mike Leach, uh, he's defensive coordinator, and he led that Mississippi State defense number five in the SEC. So, huge pickup. I think, I think DJ Jer- Durkin makes a hell of a lot more sense than Zach Arnett. Um, Arnett needs to be, have control of the defense. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. He's not cut out to be a head coach. Um, I think everybody knew that. You know, coming into his tenure um, as he succeeded, uh, Mike Leach, and kind of just felt like, how do you just maintain, uh, I guess, program stability uh, and just kind of put a placeholder in the entire his entire tenure? I mean, he was just not objectively not a good head coach, but I do think he's a good defensive coordinator, and it's one of those guys that you kind of need to give him the uh, unlimited keys in terms of like this is your your scheme, install your defense. Uh, we are not going to have there's not going to be a co on your title, and I'm not 
I'm not knocking on that at Auburn. I think that if Arnett decided that would be a good piece for him to kind of right the ship and get back to where he thinks he can be in his career, I think the fit could work, but I don't think it makes as much sense uh, as like a DJ Durkin. Um, so I I am mentally ruling out Zach Arnett. Now, if he were to make a decision and you know him and he were to come together and Freeze were to bring him in, I would not be upset whatsoever. I just think that Actually, I think he's overqualified for a co co defensive coordinator position. I think he's well qualified um, for a defensive solo defensive coordinator and kind of give him the keys to the kingdom uh, at whatever program decides that they need that to fill the gap. Yeah, because okay, I don't think you go wrong with one of these two guys. These are the only two guys I'm really hearing about. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of hard. Defensive coordinators are always like a hard position to kind of like grasp all of because that's because the great ones are already locked down. They're already locked down, or how likely are some coaches willing to jump to jump? To, to drop a head coaching job to come be a DC at an SEC school. Cause I, I think, I don't know if Alabama lucked out with theirs, but that the Alabama's head coach is they're now, they're now hiring. I'm trying to remember who is that major Applewhite is the head coach of South Alabama Jaguars after Kane Womack uh, jumped ship to the Alabama Crimson died. Uh, but yeah, either both those guys, I think will be huge pickups either way. Uh, DJ Durkin has a history of, uh, if you if you're not aware of Texas A&M's defense last year, it was the best part of that team, uh, and that's not remotely close. Uh, and they were very much built on that front seven. And Zach Arnett was the same thing at Mississippi State. Uh, so both those guys can help build up and fix this linebacker room. And they, they build on similar models. Exactly. I'm not saying they're the same guy, but I think that it's close in terms of schematics. Uh, recruiting, yeah. uh, I, I edge DJ Durkin, uh, but. At the same, but when it comes to schematics, maybe if there's a slight edge, it goes to Zach Arnett in terms of getting the most out of your guys. I, I think that there's no there's no losing there. And if you surround Zach Arnett with some other guys that can really go on the road and recruit, uh, I man, hell, that guy could be awesome. I, I really could. Um, so I, I don't think there's a wrong answer out of those two. If those are the two that Auburn's truly narrowed down on, Dylan. Yeah, and uh, before we get to the basketball, go at, let y'all know if you or. I'll go ahead and ask y'all, who do y'all want to be Auburn's next Cody Davis coordinator? Do you want it to be DJ Jerkin? Do you want it to be Zach Arnett? Or do you want it to be someone just wild card it? Do you want Bill to see Belichick. my NCAA 14 resume? <laughs> I mean, I just want to say it. Georgia State won the championship off of a number one rushing defense in the country. Two and against Georgia Bulldogs, like Georgia State Panthers. So, yeah. Auburn got my, got my Your number. Your NCAA 14 resume speaks for itself, Dylan. It's, uh, it's Exactly. I, yeah, yeah. I was a defensive coordinator at Cincinnati for their 10 championship dynasty, 10 in a row, might I add. Uh, led the NCAA in interceptions, forced fumbles, uh, rushing yards, and passing yards allowed per game. I was an absolute unit. My roommate, on the other hand, uh, a lot of games were won uh, 17 to 7 because I got two pick sixes. <laughs> You know, that happens sometimes. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> As Dylan mentioned, drop you in the, in the comments if you're watching on the YouTube stream or if you're not, and make sure you tweet at us. Who would you like to see build that co-defense coordinator position at Auburn as Q Freeze and company round out their year two staff in a year that a lot of people have a lot of promise, um, whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent. A lot of people have some expectations going into the 2024 season. Before we jump into Auburn men's basketball and their clash on the hardwood with Nate Him. Um, that guy, uh, him's not the right term. I won't do that. But Nate Oates and the Alabama Crimson Tide in T-Town. I want to remind everybody, if you're watching on the YouTube stream, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Ring the bell so you can stay up to date with everything going on here at the College Loop Podcast. And like I mentioned before, the number one way to support the podcast is to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Let's make our steady climb toward 1,000 subscribers. You guys are the best in the world, and your continual outpouring of support amazes us every single day. Also, shout out to Dylan for holding down 
the fort on the Sunday live stream and you guys for hopping in, hanging out and talking ball. You guys mean the world, especially with NFL football on. So that means a lot to us to come hang out if you're not watching on the youtube stream totally cool we appreciate you guys hanging out with us on your streaming platform of choice make sure you give us five stars thumbs up whatever the highest rating is on your screen streaming platform share the show with a friend so we can continue to grow the college loop family the loopers if you will and we can continue to make sure that we have the biggest broadband to just continue farming the craziest following in all of auburn sports fear because we absolutely love communicating with you guys, having discourse with you guys. Y'all are the best, and y'all are the reason we're able to do everything we want to do. If you want to support the College Loop in ways that go beyond sharing the show and subscribing, you can head over to thewarreport.com, pick up your very own College Loop War Report Podcast Network co-branded Feeling Loopy t-shirt. comes in five different colorways. That's only available at thewarreport.com. $25. If you don't want to feel like type in www.thewarreport.com in your search bar, no worries, neither do we. We put it in our YouTube description. And our Spotify, Apple Music, anything beyond that streaming platform service, it's in every description. You can just click on the link and go pick up your very own Feeling Loopy shirt. Once you pick it up, use hashtag Feeling Loopy, that's Feeling Without the G, on whatever social media platform makes you the happiest, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or beyond, and tag us in it. We will make sure we throw up your selfie of you wearing your Feeling Loopy t-shirt on the next YouTube stream, the next show, whatever that may be. And we appreciate your continual love and support. Thank you, guys so much for getting us to where we're at today you guys are once again the reason we are able to continue the college loop culture and continue to build on what we think that we have this very special here jumping back into auburn sports sphere ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen in this corner standing at five foot eleven sweating through every shirt he's up around bruce pearl all right we're talking auburn men's basketball headed on the road on wednesday night to take on number eight ranked Auburn men's basketball, by the way, just jumped up in the AP poll. Highest five rating spots. of the year. Jumping five spots. A lot of people thinking Auburn's a top five team, by the way, just a sidebar here, Dylan. I'm happy with number eight. I like where Auburn's at right now. I don't want them to be too high too early. I think I just have bad flashbacks from 20, uh, 2021, 22. Um, but I, I think I think me and you are on the complete opposite spectrum. I want Auburn to get the number one ranking as soon as possible. And you're like, you know what? This guy's ranking us at 13. I think I like where he has us right now. Yeah, no, I I, I like that. It, it kind of goes on the same, like, I don't want us to peak too early. Kind of I thing. like the national perspective that Auburn's not playing its best brand of basketball right now. Um, yeah. And I, I like that. Um, I mean, maybe it's just me having PTSD from Jabari Smith, Walker Kessler, being the best team in the country for an extended period of time. Um, they, they were. Uh, and, and I think this team's in, in comparison, although that UConn team is really, really good. Um, but like I said, the number eight Auburn Tigers are traveling to take on the unranked Alabama Crimson Tide on Wednesday. Auburn is a heavy, according to ESPN's BPI, almost a sixty or over a sixty percent underdog uh, to to win this game and in Tuscaloosa against an Alabama team that just got the doors blown off them by the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, mind you. Tennessee, that, that's a hell of a ball club. I think that we've got a three horse race in the SEC. Should things work the way they can work for Auburn, um, ten, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky are going nowhere, but Tennessee proved their dominance over Mark Sears and company in Alabama. Okay, Dylan, let's talk X's and O's for a second here. The recipe for Auburn to win this ball game is not that it's, – it's, it's straightforward. And I say not that difficult. It is extremely difficult, but it's not difficult to comprehend. It's get in the film room and watch what Mark Sears can do. Uh, th- this young man is is just a hooper. Uh, he's averaging 30.3 minutes a game, 19.8 points, and he's shooting 47-3 from beyond the arc. It is going to be Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson by platoon, 
mind you, those guys don't even come close to 30.3 a game. Uh, and in terms of rotational pieces, uh, rotation and depth, clear edge to Auburn, by the way. We'll talk about that in a moment. But it comes down to, can those guys lock down on defense? I'm actually looking at Trey Donaldson maybe more than I am at Aiden Holloway in terms of producing big minutes. I am expecting Aiden Holloway to be able to play his uh, play a good brand of defense. But Trey Donaldson's proven that he's he's very effective on that side of the ball. Also, can Katie Johnson, Denver Jones switch off on, on ball handoffs, high ball screens? It's going to be very, very important that they force Mark Sears to take bad shots to dish the ball and and make other Alabama players score. Because after Mark Sears, Dylan, it drops down to Aaron Estrada at 13.3 points a game. Now, that young man can get the job done. He's also shooting 37-2 from three. He can shoot the ball from beyond the arc. But Estrada's going to play a lot of minutes, 28-4. Make them distribute the ball in places that are not Mark Sears. Auburn can score one through five, position-wise. Uh, like they can, they can score one through five. Can you force Alabama to try to play that brand of basketball. It's important imposing your will and making the game work at your pace. Auburn needs to play fast and furious. Shout out Vin Diesel. Like, like I'm not I'm not even joking. Play your your quick brand of basketball. Don't take those outside perimeter shots when they're not open. Don't take shots that you know there are not your brand. I mean, putting up 33s in a game is not your brand. That's not your basketball this year. Auburn can knock down shots from the stripe and good lord knows get the ball in the hands of Jalen Williams because that young man is playing his ass off right now. But make sure that you're scoring in the in the paint. Let let Janai Broom go to work uh, against, against Grant Nelson, against Sam Walters, against Nick Pringle, that, that group of forwards. Make them step up and, and defend what a lot of people think could be a first-round draft pick in Janai Broom. And then when Janai Broom comes off the floor, they got to deal, deal with Dylan Cardwell. If he can play his level of basketball that we've seen over the past 10, 10 games, which is becoming a routine thing for Dylan Cardwell, dating really back to USC. Auburn's got a hell of a chance to win this ball game. You're going into a hostile environment, into the you know, most heated rivalry in college sports. Say what you want about you know, Michigan, Ohio State. Sorry, folks, that's just not true. The most, the most heated rivalry in college sports, but beyond the gridiron for sure. This one's going to be tough, and, and there's no givens here. Uh, there's everyone's got to be on their p's and q's, and you're, and you're playing on the road. Which, if you if you win this one, all right, people are going to be looking. Pe- people are going to be looking. Uh, your schedule gets a little bit easier after Alabama until you have to play them again. As a matter of fact, it's going to look very similar until you have to play them again. <laughs> it's going to look familiar. But this is an imperative win here, Dylan. Like, it's not the end of the world if you don't win this ball game, but you win this one. We're starting to think about Q1 wins come March. We're starting to think about seeding, where Auburn could be seeing themselves play. Like, we're starting to talk about Auburn as a, as, as a for sure, top, top, top 20 seed. Like, that's going to happen. Auburn could lock themselves down as a top 10 seed if they win a couple of ball games here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, because I've been looking at t- Twitter has just been an absolute like mosh pit uh, of people talking about this Auburn team because as it stands right now, Auburn has no Q1 wins, uh, which <clears throat> very surprising. Uh, knowing that yeah, Indiana, could you play. get it together? Yeah, dude. <laughs> or USC. There's one of y'all. Just get it together. Uh, but people look at that and they're like, well, then this team's not very good because they don't have any quad one wins, but all of their wins are by 10 or more points. This is not a team that's getting wins just like just barely. This is a team that is getting in the games. If they're winning, they are taking care of business. All two halves, I was gonna say all four quarters, but the two halves, uh, they're just getting in there, getting the job done. And look at Alabama. I mean, outside of Mark Sears, there there's a lot of shooters on this team. Uh, the airplane hanger really helps the aerodynamics of the ball. 
Uh, it's going to be a key factor is kind of keep the altitude low um, of the ball. Uh, minimize takeoff is what I'm getting at here. <laughs> but all planes will be grounded. But yeah, I, like, I completely agree with this game comes down to Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson. I think it comes uh, down to the guys who are coming right off the bench. I, I think Auburn's next five, it's a huge, huge game for that next five. That's Trey Donaldson included. That's Katie Johnson. That's Chad Baker Mazzara. That, and I don't know how often we have to like ask him to do what he can to win games. Chad Baker Mazzara does that himself. Chaney Johnson, who fresh off of his best game of the season, needs to step right back up to where he was last game. And then, of course, Dylan Cardwell, who back-to-back games where he has got his career high and tied his career high against Ole Miss and uh, Vanderbilt. But I'm looking at those five, and I'm like, okay, Auburn, you have you have five guys right after your five that can play at the same level uh, uh, of your of your starting five. Get in, play your brand of basketball, keep the game handled. Don't let Alabama start shooting shooting threes. I, I mean, looking at their – they literally go 47, 37. They have 26, 36, 43, and 48 uh, for all the guys who actually play active minutes of the game. Like that, that, is a, that is a good shooting bunch. As a team, they're shooting 38% from the three-point line. Perimeter defense is going to be key, and it's going to be key for the guys who come in right after that starting five. Yeah, it, 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 you hit the nail on the head there, Dylan. And then also just play to the formula, not not just on on court brand of basketball, but when you go head to head, and you mentioned this before we, we went on the show, Dylan. Uh, the only arrow that points Alabama's way here is Mark Sears and and and, and the fact that they're on, they're on their home court. That's a fact. Uh, beyond that, you're going to be able to out rotate pretty much any. You, you can go toe to toe rotationally with anybody in the country. I mean that that the the top five in the country right now are deep. Uh, there's there's no secret to the recipe right now. You look at you look at UConn. You look at Purdue. I mean, you look at that Arizona team ranked right for Auburn. Uh, that those are those are teams that are that are 10, 10, 10 guys deep. Auburn's right there in that mix. Alabama's not. I mean, it's a staunch drop off in terms of meaningful rotational minutes after you get past uh, Latrell Wrightside uh, Jr. Sam Walters averages thirteen one. Your starting five is averaging twenty north of twenty a game, and then you've got. Nick Pringle and Jared Stevenson averaging right there at 16 and a half, 15 and a half. You don't have a lot of 20 point guys on this, uh, not 20 point, excuse me, 20 minute guys on the, on this Alabama team. Auburn's got a boatload of right around in that, in that ballpark. Uh, you go 10 deep, make sure you go rotation to rotation. Auburn will be better when the benches are on the floor. Uh, that is a matter of fact. And, and you've got to capitalize there. Trey Donaldson, clean up any of those sloppy turnovers, which he's not, he's not committed a bunch of, uh, uh, to that, to that, to that effect. His assisted turnover ratio is beautiful. It, it's a thing of art. Just continue to play that kind of basketball. The good thing about Auburn basketball is that they don't have drop off. I'm going to quote Bruce Pearl. You don't have drop off from your first five to your second five. The problem is sometimes you're better. <laughs> that's the, that's the big thing. But and when, when you, when you go edge in terms of depth and being able to just longevity, this, this all signs point to Auburn here. And this is a common theme that we've seen throughout the year. Yes. I understand, and people are holding on for dear life that Auburn lost to Appalachian State. It is very funny to look in the comments. People are holding <laughs> on to that that loss for dear life. Auburn lost, learned a lot about itself in that game. By the way, just man, just uh, just throw that out there. It actually, might have been the exactly what the doctor ordered, uh, in the in the non con. Just being completely transparent with you, that and the Baylor loss. I mean, the fact that we can name the two losses off the top of our head and identify the things that Auburn learned is huge. But playing your brand off the court too. And, and and rotating pieces in. Bruce Pearl's gotten better 
throughout the course of the, of the SEC season about understanding, okay, Trey's just playing better than Aiden right now. We're playing in the Southeastern Conference, in my opinion, the best conference of basketball. ACC is pretty good this year, so it's the Big Ten. But SEC is, is, is the most has the most parity out of think of any conference uh, in, in terms of uh, just not a huge gap from top to two-thirds of the way down uh, in, in, in terms of pe- teams that can hang with other teams. But he's been pretty good about saying, you know, Trey's playing better than, than Aid right now. Dylan Cardwell's playing better than Janai Broom right now. Uh, these guys are going to get their touches. They're going to get their buckets. They're going to get their minutes. Everybody understands their role. They also have that trust in Bruce Pearl. I'm also looking at BP. I love I love letting guys figure things out. I do. And I'm going to I'm gonna complain about it again, Dylan. I really am because it's a game that you can't take them with you. It, it is. You can't take them with you. And I'm, I'm cool with letting them figure it out, not calling a timeout in the first half and kind of saving that for later in the game. But when Alabama goes on a run, and guys, the runs are going to come. They're going to come both ways. Basketball is a game of runs. When the big run comes, and there will be one midway through the, the second half, probably earlier on in the second half from Alabama, kill it. Don't let the under 16, the under 12 kill it. Kill it yourself. Kill the run. And, and give your guys the opportunity to catch the breath, get your right pieces in. Who by, by that point, you will know who's playing the best brand of basketball. Alabama may open this game you know, up 8-3. Uh, that, that could happen. Not as worried about the earlier on in the game uh, run because Auburn's been tremendously good at closing that gap on its own and figuring that one out quick. In the second half of this game, you cannot take those timeouts with you. And you've got to give yourselves a chance and give your guys a chance to recalibrate, let your let your your X's and O's guys around you say, hey, here's what they're doing well. You know, Mark Sears is, is able to facilitate to XYZ. They're getting you guys on backdoor cuts whenever we, we're playing a 2-3 zone, which not happening much, but you know what I'm saying. It's understanding schematics and giving your guys a chance. That's my big thing that I need out of Bruce Pearl for Auburn to win on Wednesday. That being said, Dylan, I'm good to give a score prediction whenever you are. If you want to add anything else, go right ahead. Uh, I think we hit all the nails in the head. I'm A-OK to give a score prediction for this game. 83-74, Auburn takes down Alabama on the road. I I, 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 I feel this strongly. Nine points is a lot. I understand. Uh, but I, I can also see where it's close. Alabama is forced to foul. Auburn gets the right guy to the stripe, <clears throat> Denver Jones. Yeah, even at this point, shoot. I mean, you, you, you hack Dylan. Uh, Dylan Carball needs to be pushing the rim the whole game, by the way. But this team's shooting the the free throw the from from the free throw line much better than they did last year. And you feel good about where you're at. I can see where Auburn gets to the point where Alabama's got a foul and Auburn cashes in. And you got to cash in. But uh, I think that that's, that's very much in the cards. Yeah, I'm going to go a lot closer. Uh, just because the, the just with the arrow pointing towards the fact that it's in the airplane hangar, and I refuse to ever call it by its actual uh, legal name. Uh, but with all due respect, I will not ever call it that. Dylan's never calling Coleman uh, Coliseum by its govy. Yeah, never happening. Uh, I think Auburn goes in and wins. I definitely think it's going to be a hard fight game down to the wire type. Uh, I'm going to go Auburn 87. I'm going to say Alabama 83. This one, like Loki, also screams overtime, like which I, I just well, real talk, overtime advantage Auburn. Just saying, well, the depth, yes, of course, it does, it does go in Auburn's favor there. But I just, I, I, overtime Auburn basketball just gives me too many flashbacks of what that twenty 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 year or twenty twenty one year. Which what year was it where Auburn just had like seven games in a row? Where it was overtime after overtime after overtime. 2020, 2021. Yeah, that I never, I never want to sniff another Auburn overtime game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, this one does have – I, I, I do think it has overtime written all over it in, in, in terms of realm of possibility. But there's also the element of, um, you know, how much of the stripes can get involved. I haven't looked at this crew uh, for Wednesday yet. Um, the SEC officiating around the board has been pretty bad this year. Um, the place. And that's – I know that's, this is kind of sounding like a broken record from – uh, from football season, but I, this year has been just a textbook example of the league at some point has got to crack down and say, all right, guys, <laughs> like, 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 hold on a minute. Um, if the rest let them play, advantage huge Auburn. Advantage huge Auburn if they let them play um, because Auburn, I think, is just more physical than this Alabama team. I think it, helps, it, it helps to have Chad Baker, Mazar, and Katie Johnson on well, the same team. <laughs> if you look at like having three guys on the floor at the same time, which like this doesn't happen a ton, but it happens enough. Like you have CBM, Janai Broom, and Katie Johnson all on the floor at the same time. Like, and, and the stripes are letting them play. That's that is bad boy Pistons level, like physical. Like, <laughs> I like Auburn a lot um, in a situation, especially the stripes are letting them play, but you know, they'll let them play for 30 six minutes and then the last four there'll be like 12 combined fouls it'll be awesome like that's exactly how that'll go by the way like <laughs> janai will enter like the under four timeout with like two fouls and wind up with four like <laughs> one of them he'll he will have like sneezed on a guy like yeah that'll, that'll be awesome there's gonna be like a, a oh, fanduel or something because i'm gonna have that's gonna have like an over under like four fouls one prop day that, chad prop baker, that. Sorry. um give me chad baker mazara for a technical um, that's just throwing that one out there. But you're just trying to lose money. Come on. Yeah. When you lose money, that's free money. Uh, I don't know how betting works. I I like to save my money. I would bet money on Chad Baker Mazar getting technical in this game. I, I just see it as like you're you're betting like Tom Brady to make it to the playoffs. That's what it sounds like. Oh, so it's free money. I don't know. Is is it not like a high enough like wage or like a high oh, it'd be like it'd be like a hundred dollars like, to win five. Yeah, <laughs> like, like cool, dude. You got a nice little yeah. You got nice a layup. Little, nice little yeah. Abe Lincoln going on. All right, well, as we transition over to from Auburn men's basketball, um, before we do so, um, Todd, Todd Pettiford did jump up to the number one point guard in the class of twenty twenty four. Where you going? Where you going? More damn to Todd. Jakai um, also jumped up a little bit, but I could not get the exact numbers on where he is. I think he's like 17 power forward, uh, 69, which is a very nice ranking for him. Yeah, yeah, uh, I mean, he, this guy was made to be an Auburn Tiger. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, have you seen Jakai play? <laughs> yeah, he's so gross. He's he so is, good. he is gonna be awesome. He's so good. He's gonna be so much fun. This team's gonna be fun next year, and I think we may get Aiden Holloway again. Just saying, we'll talk about that at the end of the year. We'll see. Um, look. Look, I would not be mad. Katie Johnson got another year of eligibility, says Dolan Carwell. Just saying. Um, I'm I'm already like mentally cooking some stuff up here. Auburn goes 14 deep next year. Yeah, I listen. You, you need another big. You need another big. But we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Missouri keeps doing bad. Maybe Peyton Marshall opens his eligibility back up. That, that you know there are. I think he's already signed, and you'll see. <laughs> he might have already signed. So. A world of <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's pivot over to the women's side of the game. First and foremost, I wasn't here Sunday. Hey, Congratulations to Auburn women's basketball, snapping that stupid, stupid losing streak to the University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa. What losing uh, streak? Home. Sorry, what losing streak? Doesn't exist anymore. It's dead. Um, yeah, the old Taylor's dead. She can't come to the phone anymore. Whatever the song song line is, where's Daniel Locke when you need him? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I tried. I, I tried to appeal to our uh, Kansas City Chiefs off uh, audience. Anyhow, so 
Congrats, first off, like I said, congratulations to them uh, for snapping that streak. And also, I mean, this group is playing really good basketball right now. Um, shout out the fans too, guys. Like, this is what investing in women's sports, specifically women's basketball, looks like. We know what you guys can do for, for softball. You guys show up and you show out. Uh, we know what you guys can do for volleyball and for gymnastics. You showed up, you showed out. And this year, that's carrying over to women's basketball. The results are so tangible. There's a real atmosphere at, at Neville Arena, and that is such a big recruiting pitch. They're going to have some awesome, awesome hype videos to show the recruits this offseason. Just from those two games alone, keep up the trend. You've got South Carolina coming to town next week. But before that happens, you've got UGA. Here is the big question, Dylan. Auburn's done a pretty damn good job, in large, of staying healthy this year. What is the benefit of Auburn having some time off this week, not having a midweek game, which is kind of a double-edged sword because I think they're playing really good basketball right now. Let's not forget they quite easily could have won that Vanderbilt game. Um, yeah. they're, they're playing good basketball right now. What's the advantage of them taking some time to be able to go back, watch film, and rest up this week before they take on UGA? I mean, you're looking at Marshawn Bostic, who was dealing with it, who I think he got knocked out of an injury with an injury against Alabama, uh, giving her time. And Coach, you talked about it yourself, uh, just getting a week to get uh, the team healthy. Uh, of course, having a week off like that uh, in basketball definitely hurts momentum uh, because it, it, as a, as a fast paced sport, a fast moving sport like this, you kind of have to play game after game after game. That's why you play two games a week. That way it's kind of get the season going along. So that does hurt, but it kind of helps a lot that you're going to be getting the best out of your team the next week, whenever you're going to play two tough opponents again in Georgia and South Carolina, South Carolina, again, I think South Carolina's number one team in the country right now, or is that someone else? Um, right now? I believe South Carolina's number one. I believe South Carolina. Point. I could just throw, I just, every, there's so many, Teams going on in my head right now. Well, she's I, got to figure their stuff out. Yeah, uh, but it's worth mentioning that UCLA, Colorado, Kansas State, Iowa five. Iowa lost last night, by the way. Was that the Ohio State game, or did they lose again? Um, Ohio State was on Sunday, right? It was on Saturday. Yeah, because uh, Caitlin Clark flopped after getting hit by a Ohio State fan. She also like dropped. 45 and they still lost so that's not even on here. that's that's oh that's not even news she averages 45 she's the best player in women's basketball dude it's unbelievable she might be the player and best player in college basketball no you're 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 right no you're right like i yeah i really i hope that i get a chance to see her play before she I, leaves i need the NCAA 20 i need in basketball to come out and she i need her to be the cover athlete for it because i definitely think that she's earned that uh, or at least have it like angel reese and caitlin clark both on there no it's it's, it, it's caitlin clark by yeah. a mile <laughs> but uh i saw a great tweet i gotta tell you about later by the way which is very <laughs> funny you might have seen it too <laughs> Possibly. Uh, but yeah, it'd be, what it'd about be a huge week. What about a three-year-old pushing down somebody playing basketball because they want to be like Caitlin Clark? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, damn. Yeah, it'd be a huge huge week to get healthy and get ready for hopefully another 6,000-strong Neville Arena for South Carolina and Georgia to walk into uh, next week because I just want to point out Auburn women's basketball undefeated in games where everyone 6,000-plus. Exactly. If you keep that up, you know, weird things can happen. Let me just mention this really quickly here, Dylan. So Auburn's got two tough, really tough opponents in Georgia and in South Carolina. Georgia, historically, a very good women's basketball program. South Carolina is Don Staley. That's all I have to say. And it's, that's really all I have to say about that. Um, after Georgia and South Carolina, the schedule gets easier. 
in terms of there's no there's no easy games in the, in this league. This league is starting to buy into women's basketball on a level that not many others have have, have seen circa the national championship last year. Uh, obviously, Iowa taking care of business and, and and Stanford being the program that they've been forever, or it feels like forever. But you've got Georgia and South Carolina coming up in the next two games. And then you've got Arkansas, Missouri, Kentucky, Alabama on the road. See if you can pull off a sweep over Alabama. Look, I get it. Road game. We'll talk about that when we, when we get there. You play LSU again. I get it. Uh, that one's going to be in Baton Rouge. Probably don't have the magic to do it twice. But if you do, damn, that'd be fun. Unless uh, 6,000 strong show up. <laughs> that's show up well. in Baton Rouge. Uh, <laughs> In the season, though, you get Texas A&M, Mississippi State, and Florida. Mississippi State, a good little ball club. Already lost once to Texas A&M, but that's going to be at home. A&M and Mississippi State, both at home. You'll travel to Gainesville and round out your, your season with an 11 a.m. tip-off, God rest your soul, uh, in Gainesville uh, on on a Sunday, on Sunday, March 3rd. Dylan, this, there, there are a lot of winnable games left on this schedule. Um, you can really build some momentum going into the SEC tournament. And, hell, you could find yourself with a resume. You beat – one one of these two teams coming up in the next couple uh, couple of days, uh, next few days. Let's let's just say you take down Georgia and and you know things happen against South Carolina that Aaliyah Boston shows up and plays basketball. That's going to happen, right? But you take down Georgia and then you wind up and go grab two out of three against Arkansas, Missouri, and Kentucky. Uh, you take you go play Alabama close. Like this team is flirting with a fringe tournament bid uh, in in terms of of just kind of looking overall holistically. Auburn women's basketball, it is, as we're recording, January 23rd. Auburn women's basketball is 13-6. and six. I'd have to go back and look. I would imagine it would have to be about 2018, the last time Auburn was in that position in, in terms of, of competition in the SEC. Auburn's 2-4 and four in the conference, which I know we're talking like they're 5-1 you know, and one right now, but this is the, the progress is so tangible. There is a world of possibilities here where Auburn winds up sneaking in as like a 12 seed in the women's NCAA tournament. And guys, look, I know we're talking here on the men's side about wanting to be a top four seed. I get it. But you got to be a 12 seed first. You got you, you got to ha- you got to get a bid first. And, and that's that's where it starts. And, and, and playing and giving yourself a chance to dance, huge. And who knows what this team can do when they get to the SEC tournament um, up, up in Greenville, South Carolina. There's a lot, a lot of weird stuff that could happen between now and then. Greenville, South Carolina is known for weird things happening. So. <sighs> Thanks. <laughs> Cursing the grounds. But yeah, it'd be, it'd be huge for Auburn to pick up those wins just because uh, I, b- I believe we're all in agreement that Coach Jay is way ahead of this rebuild uh, and getting Certainly a 12 seed. Uh, getting a 12 seed and and turning out turning Auburn back into a an everything school in terms of the fan support. Uh, would just be absolutely like awesome. Uh, I, I remember being there for the Auburn Tennessee game when Auburn upset number four Tennessee, and we all were courtside, 50, quite literally yeah. courtside. Yeah, and all fifty of us stormed the court. Now they had to tell uh, all six thousand of those people not to storm the court after beating LSU because they didn't want to pay the fine again. I, that that is a level of basket uh, of a fandom that Auburn needs to be at, at for all sports, but mostly women's basketball, a sport that never really gets the love that it deserves, especially with Coach Jay, who loves this team, loves the school, loves the fans, loves everything about Auburn, Alabama. Uh, this team is definitely deserves where they are right now, and uh, this I, I don't know of a team in, in Auburn right now that kind of deserves a postseason as much as women's basketball does. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just telling you guys right now, I'm giving you guys a heads up. If Auburn wins against Georgia and then plays South Carolina, anything that resembles remotely close, Dylan and I are going to be 
unreasonably optimistic um, coming down the stretch um, because I, I do think and, and you know when you said you figured South Carolina's number one, I just had to double go double check. South Carolina's best team in women's basketball right now, the most complete team, and people aren't talking about them because they're so damn good. Uh, I guess that's that. It's same just old, same of, old. Well, Don Staley is going to go down as, if not the greatest. I mean, Pat Summit's there. Pat Summit is up there. There's a handful of, of other names as well, and I mean Kim Mulkey is in that mix, uh, but one of the greatest women's basketball coaches of all time. So like you just got to acknowledge that, accept it and move forward. Uh, but if, if Auburn takes down Georgia and then, or plays Georgia super, super close, you know, loses in a heartbreak or whatever that looks like, and then plays South Carolina close, we're going to be unreasonably optimistic coming down the stretch. And I think we, it's time that we can, we can start saying like, we didn't say it on this show because we started the show well after coach Jay got, you know, introduced at Auburn well into her second season. But we did say it on my former radio show when I was in college, TNT in the morning on, on Weagle 91.1. We've been preaching since the day that she got introduced at Auburn that this was the best hire Auburn had made in a long time. We are going to be justifiably on our, we told you so, uh, a business. We're going to be standing on business there um, because Coach Jay deserves her flowers. Really, really proud uh, of, of what she's been able to accomplish and impress um, every single day. She's bought into the culture. She's followed the Bruce Pearl recipe in terms of making herself available to students, making herself uh, known within the community. People recognize Coach Jay now. This is huge, guys. This is a, this is a step that we've – we used to pray for times like this. As Caleb Jones texted me on Sunday, sending me a picture of the uh, of the 6,000 strong uh, Neville Arena. On, the on Fear the, the Juggle banner getting getting raised in the, in the jungle. To, don't, don't. We used to pray for times like this. We, we really did. We really did. All right, I think that's all we've got today for the College Loop Podcast. So uh, well, there's one more thing. Sure, yeah, I mentioned uh, okay, Maddie yeah, Penta yeah. has been added to another top ten player list in the country, uh, softball and baseball, just under a month away. So huge shout out! I'm just, uh, I'm just, I'm just telling you, she's ranked number nine um, in the uh, in softball America's uh, top ten softball players. Um, show me eight players better than Maddie Penta. I'm just saying that. Underrated at nine. Yeah. I was say. No, show, show, me, show me eight better. Show me eight better. Uh, if if Maddie Penta Maddie Penta is gonna be go down as like our the Daniel Carlson uh softball in terms of she's the best player at her position in the sport, and she might uh if not this year, she'll never have gotten recognition for being that. Which yeah. would absolutely is just mind boggling to me because if you can't spell snub without Maddie Penta because that, that's exactly what that is. Agreed. Yeah, she's, 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 she's the best player in college ball, in my in my opinion. She's the best player in college softball. And she's uh, also I, rake. I've heard she can rake. I've you know I've heard those rumors. <laughs> I have heard those rumors. <laughs> all right, that is going to do it for the College League podcast. If you guys want to, we, we appreciate all of your support. Make sure if you're watching on the YouTube stream, give us your thoughts on Auburn men's basketball's chances against Auburn. Uh, excuse me, against Alabama on their Auburn playing Auburn, which is like. That's an oxymoron. Anyways, <laughs> uh, against their chances, their chances against Alabama on in T Town on Wednesday uh, tomorrow as the show is coming out. Let us know how where where you think the, the recipe for success is. Did we hit the nail on the head? Did we completely miss it? I think we got it right. But if you guys have other feedback, we absolutely want to hear those and make sure we touch base on those following uh, Auburn's uh, game against Alabama on Wednesday when we recorded this uh, before the third for the Thursday show. If you want to talk a little bit about Auburn women's basketball and how Auburn can continue to draw fans, first off, shout out the marketing team. Good lord, they've been crushing it this year because it does take a an army it takes a village i've seen it from the inside and and i'm, I'm very very impressed with what they've gotten done um, what are auburn's chances against uga how does that how does that benefit them in terms of being able to get healthy let marshawn get get back to full strength and 
tell me eight players better than Matty Penta in college softball um, because you can't. So that being said, make sure you go and like, subscribe, ring the bell right here on the YouTube channel. Drop your comments and make sure you share the YouTube channel with a friend. We want to push our way toward a thousand. If you're not watching on the YouTube stream, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on your streaming platform of choice. Give us five stars, thumbs up, whatever the highest rating is on your streaming platform. Share the show with a friend so we can continue to grow the Looper family. If you want to support the show in ways beyond subscriptions, we love you. We appreciate you. Head over to thewarreport.com. Pick up your very own College Loop War Report co-branded Feeling Loopy t-shirt. Once you pick up your Feeling Loopy t-shirt, use hashtag Feeling Loopy, Feeling without the G on whatever social media platform makes you the happiest. If you don't have social media, just email it to thecollegeloop1 at gmail.com. We'll throw it up on this next YouTube stream and give you guys a shout out for being the greatest listener base in all of college, all of sports, not just college sports, all of sports podcast land. I'm Harrison Tarr. At by Harrison Tar on the Bird app and on Instagram. If you guys want to come check me out, uh, check check out my page and give me your good takes, bad takes anywhere in between. Also, if you guys want to go support at Wesleyan underscore athletics, that is something a big project I'm working on in my professional. Sorry, my elsewhere in my professional career. Um, it mean the world to me if you guys can come show some love and support over there. Really trying to do an overhaul and give our ladies the opportunity um, to feel like they're part of a Division One um, media team uh, and have that kind of support. And that means the world to them, means the world to me if you guys want to support my work. So sorry, Dylan, I had to plug there. I've uh, been working our tail off. i got a great group of interns. i got a great team around me um, that's working their tails off to give a real special experience to our student athletes. And uh, hashtag grow, grow the game, grow the women's game. So, Dylan, I'll let you get us out of here. Tell everybody where they can find us. Love of supporters and yourself. And let's get ready for sure cardiac hell on Wednesday night. <laughs> yeah, I do can't spell Auburn without cardiac arrest, you know. <laughs> it's just you can't spell it. Uh, but, yeah, of course, I'm Dolark. I boy take on Twitter slash X. It's at Y-A-B-O-I, the tank. Also, have Instagram as well at Dylan at D-Y-L-A-N. The only way to spell it. L-A-R-C-K. And, of course, you have me right here on the college loopers. Like, comment, subscribe. Like Tar said, leave your comments on who you think Auburn should hire as the second defensive coordinator. What is your predictions for Auburn-Alabama on Wednesday? And, of course, you know what? Give us your ceiling and a four for Auburn softball and baseball because that season, again, just right around the corner next month. I believe February 16th is the first game of the baseball-softball season, I do believe. I might be right about that. Uh, if not, I'll let you know next show. Uh, but of course, if you're watching, make sure you like, comment, subscribe yet again. And if you're listening, favorite us, thumbs up us, five star us, whatever it is, especially if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, all of the audio softwares that we're on. And if you want to follow social media, you have us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, the works, all of those at the college loop. And of course, with all of that and everything that I said, this has been the college loop podcast. Love you guys.